The scripture for this morning's lesson is from Romans chapter 7. If you would please turn there. Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 7. Before I read this, um, let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we know that you love us. We know that we have um, no right of our own to be called your children. But we also know that you've adopted us nonetheless and you treat us as your own. Father, we thank you, we thank you for all that you do for us all the blessings you've given us. Father, we ask for your help um, as we struggle with sin, as we struggle to do what's right. Father, we ask that um, what's right is done in this world, in our lives and all the way through it. Father, we ask for um, your help this morning with um, Steve's lesson that you would speak through what he says, that, um, that the word of God is correctly interpreted, and that your spirit would work through it for us to have a proper understanding, that we would be led to follow your will. Father, we ask for this in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. Indeed, I would not have known what sin was except through the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, do not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of covetous desire. For apart from law, Sin is dead. Once I was alive apart from law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment put me to death. So then, the law is holy. And the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Good morning, everyone. I'm glad I didn't whisper something funny at Justin as I passed him, because my mic was on. It's good to be here today. Some smiles today. God is good. All the time. It's so true. I feel very fortunate to be here. I'm always, uh, even on a night where sleep wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, I am, you know, I'm excited to be here. The, the singing, the praying, Especially taking communion does something to my soul that I'm, I need. And so I thank all of you for being here this morning. Um, today's lesson, 
We may need to stretch before today's lesson. Because, all right, well, that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to stretch. I'll stretch. If you really listen to what I'm saying today, either you already know this and are trying to get to a better understanding and trying to help other people get to a better understanding, or this could be a change in your thinking. And I hope it's a change in your thinking. Like, this isn't just a normal sermon we're having today. This is something we've talked about before, but I feel like all of us, including me, we need this pounded into our heads a little harder. Um, Because we live in a culture that understands Christianity, that understands what it means to follow Christ. We, we want to make sure we do the right things so that we can be Christians. And we want to make sure we avoid all the wrong things so that we are not condemned. You know, a lot of the anxiety I've had over my lifetime, there's different reasons for it. But ultimately, anybody's anxiety, if you dig down far enough, is fear of death. No Christian should fear death. So, since so many Christians are fearful, including me, or have been, where's that fear coming from? Why would you be afraid of dying? For me, the reason is because I know I'm a knucklehead. I know that I don't do what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm a preacher. And I still can't manage to do what I'm supposed to do. So if I can't do it, then there's probably other people who can't do it. So here's my message for all of you who are trying to do the right things. I want you to listen carefully. Those of you who stay up at night, oh, I wonder if I, I better, I bet God's mad at me. Oh, I, I wonder, I, I, you know, I just need to do better. I need to do better. All of you doing that, here's my message to you. Stop it. Just stop it. Be saved. This is going to sound a little bit like heresy, so take deep cleansing breaths as I try to lead you down this path. Okay? Be saved. Paul understands this, and we read this over and over again, but we don't get it. The whole New Testament, Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And we're like, oh, that's great. You know, it doesn't feel so light. I'm having a hard time. If you're having a hard time, stop. Stop having a hard time. Stop struggling. We've talked about this over and over again. Let's go to our text in Romans chapter 7. Before I get thrown out of here, like I said, everybody take a deep cleansing breath. The truth will set you free. Being a Christian is not about doing the right things. It is about 
where your head is at. What shall we say then? Paul talks about the fact that, you know, sin has been a problem for me because the more I learn about sin, the more I sin. I don't know what to do about that. And Justin just read this. The, verse 10, the very commandment that promised life proved to be death to me. The more I know about sin, the more sinning I do. And I'm just not good at not sinning. The very, verse 11, for sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, deceived me and through it killed me. So the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. The law is not bad. There's no problem with the law. The law brings life. God's commandments are perfect and good. The problem is, I'm not. And since I can't be good, this is a death sentence to me. So then, you know what I'm going to say, but before you think you know what I'm going to say, what does it mean to be saved through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? What does that really mean? And is anxiety a fruit of the Spirit? Now again, I don't want to shame anyone who has problems with anxiety. I'm among you. There are lots of different reasons. I'm talking about a more existential anxiety. But I won't split hair since I don't have any. Let's go to, uh, I guess, uh, verse 13. Did that which is good then bring death to me? So the law killed me? No. It was sin producing death in me by using what is good. And why is this? So that sin might shown to be shown to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. That's that's pretty that's pretty deep there. Sin in the face of God's goodness, in the goodness of His creation, brings death because we just won't live up to it. The goodness of God's law, as Paul is saying here, the goodness of God's law only... How do you know what is good unless you have something bad to measure it against? The goodness of God is measured against the sinfulness of rebellious humans and rebellious spirits. Verse 14, because we know that the law is spiritual, but I am made of stuff. I'm made of flesh. I'm made of atoms. The law is spiritual. The problem is I am made of matter and energy. I've been sold to sin. Now, who sold me to sin? I did. I have sold myself to sin because I choose it. Choose it? Because I choose it and I chose it. That's choosed, in case you're wondering. What choosed means. Verse 15. 
Paul gets it. Paul, Paul is where we are. Surely you've felt this many times. Because I don't understand, Paul says, my own actions. Can anyone else relate to that? I can. I can definitely relate to that. Well, I want to be a good man. I want to be a Christian. I want to be like God. I want to make God proud of me. But my actions don't always reflect that. Why? Paul writes, For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. And I think this is where a lot of us get stuck. I can't be saved because God has so many commands. I can't tell you how many ways I fail. All the time. Verse 16. So, if I do the things I don't want, I agree that the law is good. If, if, I, if I say to myself, I don't want to do that, well, I'm in agreement of what's good. I'm saying, you know what? God's right. I should be more honest. I should be unselfish. I should do all these things. I agree that that is, that is where I want to go, but I'm not getting there. Verse 17. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Now it's getting deep. But you got to listen to what he's saying. Because too many times we read this and we go, oh man, that's just like on another level, man. I, I don't even understand what he's saying. Okay, well then understand it. Because your eternal life could be on the line. Understand it. It's right there. So Paul is saying the devil made me do it? Is that what Paul's saying? No. He's saying, I can't overcome this flesh. I can't do it. I keep trying. And it doesn't work. All right. The problem is, I am made of stuff. Verse 18, because I know that nothing good dwells in me, that I mean in my flesh, because I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Can you relate to that? Because I do. I have the desire to do what's right, but I don't have the ability to carry it out. I, I've, I'm not the only one feeling this. Surely. Verse 19. I don't do the good things I want. Instead, I do the evil things that I don't want. That's what I keep doing. Now, if I do the things I'm trying to avoid, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Whoever said the road to hell is paved with good intentions does not understand Christ. Because Paul here, and Paul's not the only one, is saying the direct opposite of that. It doesn't mean 
intentions with sarcastic quoting marks around it. It means, where's your head at? Well, we'll get into this some more, all right? I know I'm doing this inductive preaching. It drives some of you crazy, but I'm trying to assert something kind of nuts this morning, and I just want you guys to follow along. All right, verse 21. So I find it to be a law, <laughs> this is a law, that when I want to do right, evil's right there. Because I delight in the law of God, in my inner being. I love God's law. But I see in my members another law, a law that wages war against the law of my mind, and makes me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And this is the good news. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with the flesh I serve the law of sin. What does that mean, man? That's really heavy. We've, we've, we've talked about this. You're fighting a war that you're not winning, and you're not going to win. So that means I can just do whatever I want. It's just my body doing it. No. That's what happened in the early churches. People said, oh, you know what? We can just do whatever I want. It's not me. I can do whatever I want because it's just my body. And I don't have control. No, that's not, what Paul, that's not what Paul or Jesus or any of the apostles were saying at all. They're saying, don't fight the war in the flesh. Fight the war in the spirit. And that's why it matters. Where's your head at? I'll keep reading because it's like, man, I don't know about this, Steve. Well, okay, we'll just keep reading. I'm just reading scripture. All right? Let, let's look at this. I've tried being perfect. Have you tried being perfect? I've tried being perfect. How's that gone for you? How's that worked out? You know what? You'll probably get it tomorrow. I've only been trying to be perfect for about 40 years since I was baptized. I'm sure to get it someday. So then what happens if I'm not perfect? What happens? Does God forgive me or not? How sorry do I have to be? That's a question. How sorry do I have to be for God to forgive me? A little bit sorry? A lot sorry? Do I have to fall down on the floor and weep? Do I have to walk on my knees through broken glass? What's the level of sorry? What do I got to do? What makes me forgivable? Nothing. Okay, so then when is Jesus going to forgive me? How perfect do I have to be? And you know what? Most of my life trying to be a Christian, it was always kind of, you know what? I don't know how perfect I have to be. The only thing I know is I'm just going to try to be as perfect as I can and hope that's enough. Too many people live there, and that is not where Jesus leads you. If you live there, you're miserable. I know because I've lived there for so long. You know, we studied about James, the, the law of liberty. I mean, the whole, the whole Bible really talks about this, but the New Testament in particular is very clear about this. 
How good do you have to be at being good? Do you know? Well, what Paul's saying here is you can't be good. That's not what Jesus died for. The good news is that Jesus forgives you if you are baptized and put to death, which we'll get to in a second. If you have come to Jesus, you are forgiven. Oh, Steve is preaching once saved, always saved. No, I'm not. I'm not preaching that at all. I'm saying, how is it working out for you trying to be perfect? How would you rate yourself on a scale of scumbag to perfect? What are you sitting at? Maybe a 6.7? Maybe you're all the way down to like a 3.2. What's the rating that gets us into heaven? Can we see how ridiculous that is? Just a second. Can we see how ridiculous that is? It's always been ridiculous. And just like the Jews who rejected Jesus, we find it hard to believe that God loves us so much that He sent His only true Son to be tortured to death so that none of us would have to die. We just don't accept it. And I worry about what not accepting it means. In trying to do the right thing, we may be doing exactly the wrong thing. Jesus saved me by becoming flesh. He was flesh, and He did not sin. So, in flesh, He condemned sin. Sin is fleshly, so Jesus became flesh and condemned sin. He suffered the things that I am meant to suffer. He freed me from punishment, not by saying the law doesn't count. He freed me by saying the law matters. God's word is perfect, but I'll take the punishment. And for some reason, we call ourselves Christians. We just can't seem to wrap. That seems too easy, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem too easy? Wouldn't you call that if that were true? If what I'm saying is true. If what I'm saying is true, wouldn't that be really difficult to believe? Wouldn't that be great news? Wouldn't that be good news? If what I was saying is true? That if you come to Jesus, you're forgiven and there's no percentage counter. So I can just do whatever I want? No! Of course not. I'm sorry, I'm, getting, I'm using my outside voice, but the frustration, how much pain and suffering, how many battles does Satan win because we just can't listen to the good news and just accept it? All right, I'll take a deep breath. Moving on to Romans chapter 8. Now, you've read this a million times. But think about what we just talked about. Jesus did all this. He's not asking you to win the war with your body. He's not asking you to do that. He won the war in the flesh. 
And because of that, Romans 8, verse 1, you've read it, and it's a song we sing, but do you get it? There is, because of all this, at this time, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, how good do I have to be to be in Christ Jesus? You haven't been listening if that's what you're thinking. If you want to be in Christ Jesus, then you are in Christ Jesus if you've done the things to be in Him. That doesn't mean live perfectly. It's a very simple few things that Jesus asks. But what it all comes back to is where's your head at? Where's your head at? Basement Jacks, anyone? Okay, moving on. Song reference there. There is no condemnation. Well, I don't think I did a very good job. Talk to God about that. If you don't think you did a good job, talk to God about it. You're trying to be more powerful than God. God has said it over and over and over again. If you find it embarrassing that God just keeps forgiving you, good. That's the way it's supposed to work. There's no condemnation. Why? Verse 2, because the law of the Spirit of life, the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You have to live in the law of the Spirit of life. For God has done what the law, because it was fleshly and therefore inherently weak, could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sinful and for sin, which is fleshly, He condemned sin in the flesh. He didn't condemn sin. Um, I'm far apart from it. No, He came to sin and said, I condemn you. So that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled. Jesus didn't just say, well, you know what? The law doesn't matter. You know what? I've come and I just declared that the law doesn't matter. The law matters. It matters that you hurt God's children. He's not okay with that. You blow yourself up at an airport or something, God's not okay with that. You use your power to get one over on someone else, God's not okay with that. You deal with your not feeling right by abusing someone else, God's not okay with that. So he never said, I'm just calling it all, it's all good, I'm just calling it all good. That's not what Jesus did. Verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Did you hear that? I'll read it again. For us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And that's the key. Where's your head at? Verse 5. Because those who live according to their flesh, listen carefully, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the thing of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. That seems too easy. Yes. 
Doesn't it? For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace, which is the opposite of anxiety. For the mind that's set on the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So let me ask you, where's your head at? Where's, what do you treasure? What do you look forward to? What do you hope for? What are you looking to accomplish? What do you want to get done? What matters to you? Are they things of the flesh? Or are they things of the Spirit? It's very simple. Where's your head at? Is your head on things related to dollar signs for the sake of dollar signs? Where's your head on dollar signs because there's something that God has called you to do? Where's your head at? What matters to you? Only by putting to death the flesh can we live through Christ. This is the good news. It seems too simple, doesn't it? <laughs> right? Steve, are you telling me I don't have to worry about how much I've sinned? I'm not telling you that. Paul's telling you that. Jesus is telling you that. All right, before I... All right, let's go to our last verse. Let's go to Galatians. I mean, I could have done so many verses, but I feel like I go on too long as it is. But, you know, i got to cut it somewhere. For now, anyway. Galatians chapter 2, starting in verse 17. But if in our endeavor, in our trying so hard to be like Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Is he serving a bunch of sinners? Just can't help from sin? Certainly not. Because if I rebuild what I tore down, I proved myself to be a transgressor. Because through the law, I used the law to die to the law so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. The law that put Jesus to death puts me to death. In all things, God uses that which is good, wielded by the hands of those who are not, to accomplish His good purposes. Through the law, using the law, I died to the law, because I'm dead. If, if I have to go by the law, I'm dead. So if I'm dead, then kill me. I've been crucified with Christ. So then, it's not me living anymore. It's Christ living in me. The life I live right now in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself 
for me. This is good news. <laughs> if you're baptized, if you confess Jesus, if you repent, if you say, Jesus, I want to change, I want to be, I want to die and be buried so that I can raise up in life and not have to walk around killing this big, oh, I hope I'm doing good enough today. <laughs> it's so exhausting. Why would you live like that? Jesus never asked you to live like that. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you resting as a Christian? Is this easy for you? Is it easy? If it's not easy, you're doing it wrong. I'm not saying that. Jesus said that. Take my yoke upon you. Put down your yoke. Put it down. Take my yoke on you. Because, well, and learn from me. Learn from me. Because I'm gentle. And I'm lowly in heart. I'm not going to come at you. And you'll find rest for your soul. Because my, boat, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Are you struggling with sin? Then stop. Stop struggling with sin. Don't live the life of the old you. Live the life of the spiritual you. Set your mind on things above. So the crucial question today it's not how good of a boy have you been or how good of a girl have you been. The question is, where's your head at? That's the question. If you'll put your head in the right place, if you'll put to death the fleshly you, if you're saying, look, I don't live for that stuff anymore. I don't need to get... I don't need... I don't need to take this thing over here to feel good anymore. My mind's up here. I know God will take care of me. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just coasting, and God will lead me where He wants to lead me, and I'll follow wherever He wants me to follow. I'm not going to make these decisions. Wherever Jesus calls me, that's where I'll go, and I'm not going to worry about whether or not I'm saved, because Jesus has saved me. I'm going to set my mind on Christ. Isn't that good news? It's good news. <laughs> you don't have to live in torture. You know, I, I'm, I, I, I remember thinking this as a kid. You know, I think I'll become a Christian when I'm, when I'm ready to deal with that kind of workload. <laughs> Jesus says the opposite of that. I'm not here to put burden on you. I'm here to take burden off of you. Are you burdened this morning? Then drop that burden. Let Jesus save you. Set your mind on the things above. If you're not a Christian, be put to death. Be baptized into Jesus' death so you can be raised into Jesus' life where you can live in the peace 
and the joy and the hope and the knowing that God saves you right now and forever if you'll just, if you'll be in Christ, Christ will be around you. If you just will be in Christ, Christ will be around you. Paul says, I want to do the right thing, but I just can't pull it off. Jesus says, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> that sounds dumb. No, it sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. What do you want? I want to know Christ and the power of His rising. To share in His suffering and be conformed to His death. If you're not a Christian this morning and you want to become one, the invitation to be baptized into Christ is always open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. If you are a Christian, you need prayers. If you just need to let go of that burden, let go of it this morning. I pray that lives are changed this morning. I, I, I think I can hear the thunking of burdens being dropped on the ground. I hope I, that's what I'm hearing. Sometimes I need to have mine kicked out from underneath me as well. If you have anything that you need from the church this morning, please come forward while we stand, while we sing this song.